So our family is busy. Sometimes when I lay my head down at night, I reflect back on the day and I wonder where the day went. Um, having a almost three-year-old <laughs> makes life a constant blur of motion. Getting a few nods out there of people who have been there or who are there right now. So when Melissa and I, um, and I think things seem to ramp up like after we get home from work and school and all of that, and it's like, get dinner ready, put it on the table, set the table, everybody sit down, we have dinner together, Mackenzie goes up and does homework, we take up, we kind of divide and conquer, start cleaning up the kitchen, bathing a three-year-old squirming child, read five million books, lots of kisses, lots of hugs, lots of glasses of water, brushing teeth, all that kind of stuff. So by the time we finish with that, come back down, organize what has been destroyed by a toddler, and then finish the kitchen, do some work. Melissa and I sit down and it was really funny. Um, I was seeing, with, we were talking with some friends the other week and they were like, do you watch Yellowstone? Ooh, you should see Dope Sick. Oh, you gotta see this movie. Listen, Melissa and I judge what we watch in the evening by how much time. And usually we like the shows that are 22 minutes without commercials. <laughs> we can usually squeeze in a modern family. I don't know if you all have seen this, but um, great story. And I don't know if it's just because I get to see my life lived out in front of me on the screen. But the other night, we sat down for our 22 minutes of relaxation and we watched Modern Family. We've been kind of rewatching them throughout the pandemic. And so this was one of the early ones. Phil and Claire, if you don't know, are kind of the, one of the main couples, and they are in an argument. Something has happened, and they are upset at each other. Phil seems to have done something wrong, but the funny thing is, he doesn't know what he has done, but Claire is just mad at him. And she can't believe that he doesn't know what he did. So he begins to kind of think back about the things that he has done, and he comes up, sadly, with four different things that he could have done that were wrong and that might have upset her. None of those four things were the thing that really put her over the edge. It was the fact that he chose a wedge salad. It's a pretty funny thing, but their relationship is challenged, and they're trying to figure out a way to mend. Cam and Mitchell are also struggling with their relationship of ways that Mitchell doesn't listen. And Jay and Gloria, because Jay can't stop listening to Gloria's bad singing on the karaoke machine that she gave him. It's hilarious to watch all of these different relationships go through their challenges, but thank goodness it's a sitcom because in 22 minutes, everything is solved. Everybody loves each other. They hug and they kiss and they go on. And now we can go upstairs and go to sleep and wait for Beckett to wake up about three o'clock in the morning. There is something nice about a 22 minute sitcom that resolves everything, especially when there are relationships that are being challenged and pulled at. 
Our text today speaks to a people that are going through difficulties. As I reminded you many, many times, I might pick a piece of scripture, but it's important not just to look at the one little part that I have picked, or that the lectionary has picked in this case, but to understand what is happening before and after. The book of Malachi, which I know everybody is very familiar with, because we've all tried to flip to the New Testament and missed it. And we've ended up in Malachi. And we go, oop, that's not it. And we go to the next page. The whole thing is Malachi is that book that's right before the New Testament starts up. It's the last of the prophets. And it then moves into the New Testament. But this book, this book is written to a people that are going through difficult times. It seems that there is infighting amongst the people because in, the God, in that chapter 2, verse 10, it says, have we not one God, one Father? Why then are we faithless to one another? Why is it they see themselves as being one people and yet still they are arguing amongst themselves? They are going back and forth. They are, in fact, struggling to find common ground, struggling to find a place of meaning, struggling to be heard. Their relationship between each other is being taxed. I know that we have no way of comprehending something like that in our world today. Are you serious? Come on. Everywhere we look, we can't find it. We look out there and we say, can't we all just get along? Can't we all just begin to try and find something where we can speak together, where we can value each other and value each other's voices? I don't know if I should be, in some ways, um, if I should feel better that people have not learned anything over these years, or if I should feel depressed in the fact that people haven't learned anything throughout the years. But what makes it harder is that this book is all about trying to prepare the people to find common grounds, to be able to find a way to heal the broken relationships. And it is written, this book, mainly to the priests. For that reason, I thought about just skipping right over it and going on to the New Testament. I'm sure there's a much better text someplace there because who wants to hear about the emissaries of God messing up? I know I don't. But the more that I kept reading this, the more I kept hearing it, the more I did hear that there is a call within this text that we all need to hear, and especially me. This is a word about God inviting the people to open their hearts and to be cleansed by this new word that is coming from a prophet, the prophet of Malachi. To hear that a new word is coming and to be prepared. See, Malachi, that word in the name of the text, is not the person we don't believe. 
Because when translated, it actually means my messenger. So what it is, is it is a, it's not one person that is coming with a word to challenge God's people of Israel. It is a word that everybody needs to hear. See, what had happened is, is that the people of God had been thrown away. The, the temple had been torn down and they had been um, taken away from their homeland. But finally, they've been able to return. They have come back to their place of their homeland. They've been able to rebuild the temple. They have rededicated it. So everything should be back to normal. They're back to being in their place, their church. They're back to doing the things that mean so much to them. They are doing the things that they're supposed to do that make them feel normal again. And still, the people just can't connect. It just feels weird. Something is just off. And the call is to the priests in this book to think about ways of helping the people to understand what's going on. They say that even the things that the priests are doing, the things, the ways that they are practicing the faith and helping the people to guide them in the way of worship is not just working. People still feel like just something's off. Again, we can't relate right now. Can you? And so they say there is someone that's going to come. Someone that's going to come and speak a word, a word of hope, a word of challenge that we can open ourselves up and rekindle and work on reclaiming the relationships that have lost their fire. And what we hear is an echo of the same words that John the Baptist uttered. Because John the Baptist came to be the messenger, to say, it is time to prepare, to get ready for what is coming. Because what's interesting is John does something that, that we as ministers and you as ministers within the church need to always remember, it is not about us. It's about always pointing towards God, always pointing towards Jesus and reminding people that that is where the love flows from. And to also prepare, to be ready, to open our hearts, to open ourselves and to clear out the things that we need to in our lives, in our own psyches, and the things that we are wrestling with to clear them out and to make way for God's love to live out in our world and in ourselves. See, messengers of God are always addressing the brokenness that exists in the world and also the work that we are called to to work on that relationship with God and with our neighbors. If you remember, Jesus always said, what are the two most important things that we're supposed to be doing in our lives? First is working on that relationship with God. The second 
is working on the relationship with our neighbors. Love God, love neighbors. The message today that comes from the messenger of Malachi that came from John the Baptist was always love God, love neighbor. Prepare yourself to open your heart. We as a church, both here at Pond and also as our denomination, the Christian Church Disciples of Christ, have recognized for a long time that the world is in a state of brokenness. People are hurting. And even within our understandings of who we are, we've claimed that we are a movement for wholeness in a fragmented world. That's right from the Disciples of Christ identity. Even here, we are a people that welcome that welcome all to come and to seek a faith that is your own. We seek to provide safe space for you to come and be who you've been created to be, to ask the questions that you need to ask and to work together to recognize that we don't all have it figured out, but instead we are all on a journey together, supporting each other along the way, recognizing each and every person's self-worth. And we do that by opening our own hearts, not by claiming that we have some big T truth, instead understanding that we are all loved by the same God. We're called to be vulnerable, to, to lean on each other in times of difficulty, that when we're going through something that's tough and we don't know what's happening, when we're grieving ourselves, that we know that we have somebody here in this place that will stand with us when we struggle ourselves because we value each and every person. And finally, we seek healing together. We have to do that by first expressing our own, our own pain and also recognizing that it is through reconciliation, it's through being there for another and listening to them as they share their own burdens and the things that they're going through. Also listening to their joys and their celebrations and celebrating with them rather than feeling maybe like, you know, I wish I had what they had. But living in this God-ordained, God-called community that allows us to see God in new ways every day. Because John's words, Malachi's words, are, are ones we need to hear every day, that there is more to come. That there are more words to be hear, heard. There are more actions to live out. There are more ways to see God being made manifest within our world, that we're going to see God more and more each and every day the more we open up our eyes. Life is not a 22-minute sitcom. And I don't have any great answer. All I have is this. Let's do this together. Let's value each other. Let's love each other. Let's support each other. And let us move from here proclaiming like John the Baptist and Malachi that there is more to come and all are invited to be here 
in this place, in this time, and to seek out God as he comes in the form of a little baby. I look forward to doing this with you together. And we'll move through this transition time together. And we will see God together. Amen. Thank you for listening to the White Oak Pond Christian Church Podcast. We hope that it's been a blessing to you this day. White Oak Pond seeks to be a place where we accept one person at a time to Christ's never-ending and forgiving love. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so that you can receive sermons each and every week. And also rate us. It really helps. Thank you again. And may you know joy in powerful ways this week.